0: Good morning, Uh, my name is John, I'm the lead pastor, and yeah, so glad to see all of you guys here today, all around me, and uh, online, uh, or listening later, watching later, uh, wherever you might be, Uh, super glad that you've made uh, an intentional choice to uh, be a part of this today, just super cool. I love those lyrics, just, I will build my life on you, and so just just get started, Uh, how's that going? Are you building your life on Jesus as your firm foundation? Is that like when you look at all the ways that you live your life? Uh, or say this way, are you like running after this idea of following Jesus? Are you following Jesus with like everything that you are? Uh, or uh, like it says uh, in Matthew, are you loving the Lord your God with all your heart With all your soul and with all your mind, and are you loving your neighbor as yourself? Just kind of everything in your life, kind of like stem from your faith in Jesus. Uh, As you look at uh, your resources, as you look at the time that you have available, free time, uh, as you look at the money that you have, as you look at your stuff. As you look at the talent that you have, as you look at the platform that you might uh, have available to you, just kind of, do you, one, do you kind of see all of that with, like, this level of gratitude and, like, I didn't earn it, but, like, this was given to me? And do you feel like that it was given to you, not just so you can, like, enjoy it for your own, like, pleasure, although that is certainly part of it, but do you have this sense that, like, everything that I have... I have been given so that I can use it for the benefit of other people around me, that God has this big mission. He wants me to be a part of it. And everything I have is a part of that, of what God wants to do. Uh, Or as you look at the decisions in your life, Uh, maybe some of you are coming into the new year, you're trying to make some pretty big decisions and you're trying to figure out, you know, should I move in with them or not? You know, should I take the steps? Should we get married or not? Uh, maybe you're trying to figure out what you should do with your job. Should I stay in my job? Should I leave my job? Should I find a new job? Should I stay in school? Should I go back to school? Should I buy this? Should I move here? And you're just kind of weighing this big decision. And as you're weighing that decision, it's kind of the primary lens in which you're making that decision. That Like, I just... I, what does God have to say about it? It's not what I want. It's not what you, but I just want to like lay it before, and whatever God says, that's what I want to do. Uh, or maybe it's not even the big decisions, just like as you think about the small decisions. Like, well, what are you going to watch this afternoon? The Cowboys, obviously. Uh, but it, whoa, 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 whoa. as you think about what you're going to do tomorrow, as you think about the way that you're going to treat the person that you see at the grocery store later today, it's like every big and little decision of your life kind of run through this filter of, I am just building my life on this promises and what God tells me to do. And if there's some point where like you're not, then why? Well, what's preventing you from completely wholesale going into this idea of following God without everything in your life. Uh, 2,000 years ago, uh, there was a guy by the name of John. And uh, John was one of the uh, disciples of Jesus. So He's one of the guys who followed around Jesus uh, for his three years that he was on earth. And he had these kind of like audacious thing. You can go to the first John one there, uh, for Ron, uh where he said that he physically, he saw Jesus. He, he, he touched Jesus. And after three years of spending this time around Jesus, he came to this conclusion that this wasn't just a guy, but that this was, in fact, God, which always raises kind of interesting question of what would somebody have to do for you to spend time with them, to watch them, for you to come to the conclusion that this isn't just like a normal person, but this is, in fact, God. Uh, But somehow that happened for John. And then John went and wrote a a, a book in the Bible. Uh, It's called The the Book of John, or sometimes we call it The Gospel According to John. And in The Gospel According to John, he has a very set agenda. And so John spent all this time watching Jesus, uh, coming to this conclusion that he believed that Jesus was who he said he was. He was God. And after following around, he wrote this book, And as he's writing this book, he's not just writing it for the fun of it. He has a very clear agenda of why he's writing. Uh, And he tells us what the agenda is at the very end of the book. Uh, So you can go to the next one. This is uh, John uh, chapter 20. It says that I have written these things. These are written, sorry. uh, These are written so that you may believe. I've taken the time to write this so that you may believe. Believe. Uh, And that word, uh, believe, uh, is this word that is used constantly throughout the book of John. John loves uh, this word. It's used, you can go to the next one there, I forget my number. I think it's like 80, 98, sorry. 98 times this Greek word, pistuo. He just kind of keeps driving on this idea of here's what I want you to do is I want you to believe. Uh, And here's just a couple instances of him using the word believe. So it starts off right at the beginning. Uh, It says, He came, it's talking about Jesus he came to that which was his own. So Jesus came down to his earth that he created, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, who made that choice, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Uh, Then in the next chapter, in John chapter 2, Jesus has just done a a miracle. And so Jesus, uh, sorry, John describes these seven different big miracles. He calls them signs that Jesus did throughout his life. And the first big sign that he did was he turned water into wine at this wedding, which is pretty cool. And it said, what Jesus did here in Canaan when he turned water into wine of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. And his disciples who saw this sign, saw this miracle, they believed in him. Uh, And then uh, you've heard this one before, John 3.16, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And over and over and over again, it just kind of keeps driving this idea of this, that this is what I want you to do, I want you to Believe, and then he often ties it with this other word of eternal life. And so there's these two words constantly as you read through the book of John, and I encourage you to read through the book of John, you constantly see those phrases of belief and life. Uh, and I want to take a quick second. What exactly do those words mean? Uh, and because when John says the idea of belief that I want you to believe, uh, it is not just like an intellectual kind of like agreement. It's not a, let me tell you about an idea and let me listen to it. It's like, yeah, that sounds right. And then you like move on with your life. The idea of what John's talking about when he talks about believe is this much bigger concept of this is something that I want you to not just like in your head kind of agree with, but I want you to like trust in this. I want you to build your life upon this. I want you to put your whole faith in this idea. And so the best illustration that I've ever heard of this. Uh, This is from a sermon illustration that I heard when I was a kid, and I've always remembered it, and so it must be pretty good, and so hopefully you'll remember it, uh, and so the illustration uh, goes like this. Uh, back in the early part of the 1900s, there was this guy named Charles Blondin. Any big Charles Blondin fans out there? Uh, Charles Blondin was a tightrope walker, uh, and he was known as the daredevil of Niagara Falls, and so he was this like crazy, talented guy. You've heard of this guy? All right, big, I knew there's some Blondin fans out there, and And so he would, like, set up these, like, amazing tightrope nails, and one of his things is he would set up a tightrope all the way across Niagara Falls, and he would, you know, he would walk across it, obviously, and he'd, like, ride a bike across it, and he would, like, go in the middle of it, and he would lie down, Uh, and then apparently one of, like, his kind of, like, gimmicks was that he would get a wheelbarrow, and he would stand in front of the crowd, and he says, who believes that I can push this wheelbarrow across this tight wire wire? And everyone's like, yay, we believe! Because they had just seen him do all this amazing stuff. Of course they could. And he would say, now, who of you believes that I can put another human in the wheelbarrow and push them across the the tight wire? And everyone's like, yes, we believe! And then he would say, who of you will get in the wheelbarrow? (laughs) Because it's one thing... To believe, and it's another thing to like put your faith and your hope and all of your life into believing. Uh, And that's the kind of belief that John's talking about. Uh, And this is important to us. Uh, There was a stat that was done uh, last year, and they asked the American kind of population, How many of you believe in God? And according to the survey that was taken, 74, 74, 75% of people would raise their hand and say, Yes. I believe in God, which is kind of cool. Uh, but what does that mean? Like, how, did you think about 75% of people in America? Did you think of 75% of people in your workplace? I'm sure that there's a decent amount that would at some level be like, no, I, yeah, there's a God, and maybe he created. I, I don't really know what it's all about. And at some level, they believe. But how many of them? How many of us? Uh, for you, Personally, how many of us believe in God at a level that we're willing to, like, put everything in our life? That, again, as we look at how we make our decisions, how we spend our money, how we spend our time, kind of everything goes back to this, like, I just believe and trust in God so, so much. Uh, And then uh, the other term, uh, the idea of life, uh, and we'll talk a lot more about this next week, and so make sure you don't miss uh, next week, Uh, but the idea of life, when Jesus says, I want you to have life he's talking about this like, it's not just like eternal life in heaven someday, it's just like this level of being that you can have right now. And I just think Jesus describes it best Uh, in John 10.10. He says that I have come so that you may have life and that you can have it to the full. And so that's our definition that we'll use for life for today, is that Jesus wants you to have a life that is just absolutely the the epitome of what you were created to do. Uh, So, Skip ahead uh, a few for on, And so everyone kind of got those two definitions in their head of what uh, believe means. He uses the word believe all the time and life all the time. So with those kind of definitions in mind, uh, I want to read through the end of uh, the book of uh, John, chapter 20. So go to the uh, life to the full, go to the next one. Next, Yeah, this one. Um, nope, go, go back a few, I think. There it is. All right, so this is the end of the book. So, it's what Thomas said to him, and so some of you have probably heard of Thomas before. Uh, Thomas had a pretty famous nickname. Anybody know Thomas's nickname? Doubting Thomas. Uh, so, this is a big deal. So, Thomas is one of the other guys who followed Jesus around for his three years, saw Jesus crucified, and then some other people started talking about that they'd seen Jesus raised from the dead, but Thomas hadn't physically seen Jesus yet. And so Thomas was the guy who had some questions. He had some doubts. He wasn't sure because, I don't know if you've ever seen somebody die before, but for the most part, they don't rise from the dead. And so he had some questions and doubts about this. And that's important for all of us because if you're someone who has questions and doubts about this whole thing, about some of these supernatural big ideas, that's not a bad thing. doubters are welcome. Questioners are welcome. Uh, But now Thomas uh, said to him, so now Thomas physically has now seen the resurrected Jesus. And so now he has put his hands, and so now he believes. So then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Thomas moved from having questions, having doubts, to now because I've physically seen it with my own eyes, now I believe. I have faith in this whole thing. Uh, and Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet who have believed. So that's kind of the context of it. And now uh, John gives us his statement. So Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, which again, is kind of an interesting thing, that Jesus apparently did all kinds of different things, and John just wrote a few of them down. And the reason why John wrote down the ones that he wrote down, because these were written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Uh, So, pop quiz. I know you guys are going to do great. Why did the Apostle John, 2,000 years ago, write down his book? What was his reason? What was his agenda? So that you could believe. And why was it such a big deal to, to John that you believe that you put your faith in Jesus so that you can have life, life to the full? Uh, and that's what God wants to do. And that's, uh, today we're starting a, a brand new series. Uh, and that's my agenda <laughs> Uh, That's our church's agenda, is the same as what John had 2,000 years ago, is that I want you to put your full, complete faith and trust in Jesus Christ, because I believe that that is the only way, there's lots of different messages out there, there's lots of different things that you can put your faith in that you can believe in, but the only way that we can truly have life is by believing in Jesus. Uh, One of the uh, phrases that we will uh, talk about a lot over the next couple months is this idea of just how much belief matters, uh, because similar to what John said, uh, our orthodoxy affects our orthopraxy, which is a fancy Latin term and makes you sound smart when you're at the next party, so that's exciting. Uh, But all it really means is that what you believe determines how you act. So what you really believe deep down what you actually think about the other things of this world, what you actually have your trust in, shows because it determines how you actually act. Uh, so I'm going to give uh, a couple different uh, illustrations about this. Uh, the first is a stupid illustration. Uh, so, Jared, you know what that is? It's not good. <laughs> so that, so that, is, that, that is considered to be a salad. Uh, so... We were back in the, in the Midwest uh, where uh, our family lives, where Jared's family lives as well. Uh, and this is at a restaurant called Yoder's Restaurant, and it's a buffet. And, uh, and above this is a, a little plaque that reads sweet potato salad, okay? And so sweet potatoes are considered to be a superfood, so sweet potatoes are healthy. And salads, everyone tells you to do it. This thing, as you can see, is covered in marshmallows and brown sugar. Uh, And so there's kind of like a joke when anybody eats this because it's got marshmallows and brown sugar. It's delicious, of course. But people will eat it and they're like, well, of course this is healthy. It's a salad. Of course it's healthy. It's got sweet potatoes in it. Now, if you actually believed that, if you believed This is a healthy dish that if you believe that when your doctor says, make sure you're eating plenty of salad, that you thought, well, I'm going to eat plenty of this. If you actually believe that, then you would, of course, eat, your actions would follow, and you would eat a lot of it, and it would not end up well for you. uh, Because what you believe determines your actions. uh, And this goes to much bigger levels, too. And so what you believe about your identity and who you are matters. Uh, and so, for instance, uh, if you believe that the way in which you look, if you believe the, the amount of money that you have, if you believe that the job that you have, if you believe that the, the degree you have or don't have, if you deg- uh, believe that your stuff defines what you're worth, if at some level you believe that that is true, then that is going to affect the way in which you live. Your beliefs determine your actions uh, as well. Uh, if you believe in the idea of Christian nationalism, if you believe kind of all the stereotypes that go along with that in the worst sense, if at some level you believe that that is true, that's what should be the way our world lives, then that's going to affect the way in which you live. Uh, Arthur King weekend. If you believe in racial superiority. If you believe that just by the nature of the color of someone's skin, that some people are inherently better and have greater worth than other people, if you believe that, then that's going to affect the way in which you live. Uh, Similar, if you believe in the ideas like chauvinism, if you believe that somehow because of someone's gender that they are better than other people, if you at some level believe that, then that's going to affect the way in which you live. Uh, and here's what kind of we all know about these things, is these aren't just like black and white issues. It's not just like, okay, I'm all the way chauvinistic, or I'm not all the way chauvinistic. But if there's like, even like a piece, if there's something that's like, it was, it was how we were raised, it was like the household, it was the messages, it was the radio, it was the movies, it was just somehow that like seeped into us. And like, we don't 100% believe, but even if there's a little bit of us that believes in that, then that will seep into not only our beliefs, it seeps into our actions and the way in which we actually live. Uh, And this is true not just of like these kind of beliefs. These are all spiritual issues as well. But when we think about God and when we think about the Bible, what we believe about these things determines how we actually act, and what we want to get to today, it determines what our level is of putting our total faith and life in the hands of it. Uh, and so, just a couple different uh, instances. Uh, if we uh, believe, sorry again, orthodoxy determines that our, go to the next one, go to the next one, let me just get all these straight. There you go. So, if you believe that you have to earn God's love, if you believe that that's what, This says, is that you know, God wants you to live this certain way, and for you to be able to be loved by God, for you to be blessed by God, whatever that means, for you to be able to get into heaven, there's all these kind of different things that you have to do, and you're gonna have to like prove your worth to God. If you believe that, then that's going to determine the way in which you actually live. Uh, If you believe that God is angry at you, I worked uh, at a Christmas tree uh, farm uh, when I was uh, in college. I was getting ready to uh, save up for an engagement ring. And the guy that uh, I worked with uh, was, had been to church before in his life, hadn't been to church in a long, long time. And he would come and talk to me every single night uh, and, and he knew that I was studying to be a pastor, and so it's interesting when people know you're a pastor. They just kind of start pouring out your life to them. And he would sit there and just start talking to me. And he would he had this big jug, and it was this clear liquid. And he's like, Yeah, hey, I like to drink water at night. And it didn't smell like water, but he told me it was water. And he would just like kind of pour out his life. And I invited him to come to our Christmas Eve service. And his words were, If I ever came into a church, lightning would strike the building and it would fall down, because he believed that God's kind of posture towards him was that because of these things that he had done in his life, God was angry and was just kind of waiting for this chance to get him. And if you believe that, then it's going to affect the way in which you live. Uh, Next one. If you believe that God is boring, and that's probably not the right word for that, uh, but if you kind of have this idea that's like, okay, there's all these different ways in which you can live your life, and there's kind of like the God way, and then there's, like, the fun way. <laughs> and it's just, like, here's the things that, like, the Bible tells you to do, and, you know, they're, they're, maybe they'll get you into heaven or whatever, but, like, they're kind of lame. And there's, like, all these other things that are, like, the actual kind of enjoyment things of life. And if you believe that, like, the way in which God tells us to live might, like, get us to heaven someday, but it's really just kind of, like, boring and lame, if you believe that, then that's going to affect the way you live. Uh, next one. If you believe that uh, Christianity is just about being a good person, people are like, "Yeah, I man, that's that's fine. You can, you know, believe, you know, all these different things, and there's just different parts of the Bible that you can apply or not apply. But I mean, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. What really matters is just like genuinely be a good person. If you believe that that's what it's all about, and there's not kind of this like radical next level. If you believe that, then that's going to affect the way in which you actually live. Uh, next one. If you believe that Christianity is just about going to heaven when you die, uh, which kind of has the idea of, like, earn faith again, but if you believe that, like, kind of the whole point is, like, okay, I just got to, like, do enough stuff so that I can, you know, get in someday, whatever that means. If you believe that that's kind of what the whole thing is, then that's going to affect the way in which you live. Uh, And all of these different beliefs, and there's so many more that we could go over, I believe are so important because what we believe deep down, again, it might not be that we believe them all the way, but even if we believe them a little bit, then they affect the way in which we actually live, and they affect whether we decide to actually put our full belief in Jesus or not. And as you look kind of across the landscape of especially America right now, but especially the world, one of the effects that these kind of beliefs and other beliefs have had is that a lot of people have said, okay, so if that's what Christianity is about, if that's what kind of I've been exposed to maybe as a kid, then one of the effects that that has had is lots of people have said, if that's what the whole thing is about, then I don't think so. I don't think that's really what I want to be a part of. And you see that because lots and lots of people, the stats are saying, uh, used to be a part of churches. that are now being like, I don't think I want to be a part of a church anymore. I don't think I want to maybe even be a part of faith anymore. Uh, the stat says pre-pandemic, uh, approximately 3,500 people left religious congregations every day. And that's a rate of 1.2 million walking away from church every year. While each church is unique, leading experts say a church should expect to lose about 10 to 15% of its members year over year. Uh, And then another stat, uh, this is from the Gallup poll, uh, this shows kind of like church-like decrease uh, over the years and uh, hit a big milestone last year where for the first time since like the 40s or before, uh, church membership in America dropped below 50%. Uh, And I bring those up because for most of us in this room, those aren't just like random stats. There's like faces and names attached to those. Uh, We can think of friends, we can think of family members who used to be a part of a church, and maybe at some level believed, and then at some point over the last few years, they've kind of like taken a step out. Or maybe it's like more real than that, maybe for some of us, even though we're here in a service today, there's a part of us that kind of has like a little bit of like a foot out the door, because what we've been presented with church, what we've been presented of faith in God, we're just not quite sure like how much of it we actually believe or even want to believe. Uh, and uh, for me, one of the big groups that kind of spend a lot of time uh, talking to different folks and I've had different friends who I grew up with and uh, folks even who used to be pastors And one of the kind of catchphrases in kind of Christian world at this point is this idea of deconstruction. I don't know if you've heard that phrase or not before. But the idea of deconstruction is that people have kind of looked at different parts of their faith, different things that were presented to them that they heard in Sunday school and they've heard in sermons. And they're like, I just don't know if I can or I don't know if I want to. To believe in that. Uh, I'm a part of a Facebook group uh, that's called the Exvangelical Group. And so uh, there's a phrase in church world called the Evangelicals. We would kind of sort of be considered an evangelical church. And so there's this group that now call themselves the Exvangelicals, that based off of what I was presented in church, I don't know if I can believe in that anymore. And there's all kinds of different ideas of what Exvangelicals have kind of stepped away from. But here's just a few of them that you hear a lot if you get into these forums. And again, for some of us as you talk to individual friends or maybe you, is that the reason why they've stepped away is because they were presented with this view of the Bible that in many cases was anti-science, that was anti-women, that was pro-slavery, and pro-homophobic as well as many other things. And they've kind of had this thought of like, if that's, if that's what the Bible is, then I just don't know if I can if I want to believe in it, and I definitely don't know if I want to put my full like, faith and life in this. And again, just to make it like, real and personal, I think for some of us in this room, if I was like really drilled down and we were to have like, a big, deep conversation and you were really honest with yourself, maybe some of the reasons of why you haven't like, totally like, jumped in on becoming a disciple of Jesus Maybe part of the reason of why you haven't decided I'm going to follow Jesus with everything in my life, I'm going to trust Him with my money, the way I treat people, is because we have these like questions about like how like good, how much can I actually believe in this whole deal? Is it going to be okay or not? Uh, And there's there's reason for that. I mean, you can poke around the Bible here, and some of you, if you're pretty good, you could pull out some verses that sure do seem pretty anti-science. You could pull out some individual verses that seem a little anti-women. You could pull out some verses that seem kind of pro-slavery or pro-homophobic. And so the question is, like, what do we do with that? Uh, and there's a couple different choices and different choices that people have chosen over the last however many years. One choice is you can just kind of like scrap the whole thing, you know, which is kind of just walk away, you know, okay, that, the church is kind of this, you know, in belief, it's just kind of thing I don't want anything to be a part of. Another is you could kind of like cherry pick it and say, okay, well, I just don't like those verses, so I'm going to throw those verses out and then I'm going to like hang on to some others. Or another Kind of a third door, fourth door, however you want to say it, that we want to present over the next little bit, is that maybe there's a way that we can look through all of Scripture without having to throw any of it away and see that maybe the whole of this book, the whole of faith, and especially the whole of Jesus, is better, is more exciting, is more beautiful and loving than we ever imagined. And that doesn't at all mean that it's not challenging. It doesn't mean that as you decide that you want to follow Jesus, that God's not going to ask you to do some really hard and counterintuitive and countercultural things. But I just believe deep in my bones that believing in God is truly the best way to live. Uh, and what uh, John said, uh, it, and I uh, forget what I said for the next slide. Where was I going to go after this? Oh, yeah. Uh, that what John said is true, that this is, why he took time to write these things down. Because as you look at who Jesus especially actually is, and you decide to believe in him, then it will give you life. Uh, And again, we have an agenda over the next uh, handful of weeks, months, as we uh, start this series, is that we want to, to really take a hard look at some of the things that we believe, and in some cases... Maybe say, maybe there's some things that I've caught along the way, maybe some things I was taught along the way, and maybe some of those things aren't totally accurate. And so kind of the religious word is that we need to, in some cases, repent. And we need to say, you know what, I did believe this, and now I'm going to believe something different. Uh, And we're going to go through and look at all that over the next little bit. Uh, So... As we get ready to uh, start uh, this uh, new series, there's a couple tips uh, that I want to give us as we get uh, started. Uh, So the first tip that I want to give us is as we get ready to launch into this uh, is be humble. Uh, That was one of the things we talked about, uh, just kind of this idea of uh, what would be a better world is it would be a better world if more people just had this like view of like, okay, I, I know what I believe, I know what I've been taught, but I want to be open to other ideas. Uh, And I think a good kind of understanding of this is as we get ready to celebrate uh, Martin Luther King Day tomorrow, is that that's something that I think a lot of us have had to learn uh, over the last couple of years, especially if we're white, that we've had to learn. Is there's been lots of good talk about what it means to like understand racism and understand differences, uh, and there's kind of been like a pushback uh, in the white community and maybe even inside of some of us, where someone starts to talk about some ideas of like what racism is, and we immediately kind of recoil and be like, well, not me, I-, I-, I couldn't possibly be racist, and we just kind of it's like very like anti kind of humble idea about it and a phrase for it of like white fragility like I'm just like so scared to learn something about myself that maybe is going to make me look bad Uh, and as we go in as a bit we've had to learn with like racism is that yeah maybe I'm not like a racist but maybe I do if I look deep inside myself maybe there's like some implicit bias in me that like I need to recognize and I need to see and I might need to change Uh, And so as we look at different ideas in the next little bit, we just want to be humble and open. Uh, The next thing is that we want to be okay with having questions. Uh, So we're going to look at lots of different things about Jesus, and we're going to look at some big kind of ideas of the Christian faith. Uh, So we're going to spend a lot of time talking about words like, what is the gospel? Uh, What does it mean? Uh, What is eternal life about? Is it about life here on earth? Is it about uh, going to heaven when you die someday? And we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the cross, and so many of these things have, these are like, feel, and they are so fundamental to what Christianity is about, and there could be this push of like, maybe, these are like, is it even okay to like, ask questions and to have doubts about these things, uh, and what we want to say is that it is absolutely okay to ask questions about anything, If there's anything you don't understand, any doubts, any questions, you can bring uh, to the table. Uh, And especially, we're going to uh, recommend uh, some other kind of extra reading material, some extra-like sources that you can go to to learn deeper into this. And so one of them uh, is this book called Eternity is Now in Session. Uh, Another one is called The Day the Revolution Began. And I bring these two up because they have these like interesting titles where he's talking about what is the idea of eternity, what is heaven. Uh, Here's the... Uh, description of the book. He says it's a radical rediscovery of what Jesus really taught about salvation. It's just by the nature of that. He's kind of bringing up this idea that there's a, a radical rediscovery that needs to happen, that there's a, of what Jesus actually taught, that maybe there's some things that have been lost that we need to re-hear again. Uh, or this book, uh, The Day the Revolutionary Began, he says reconsidering the meaning of Jesus' crucifixion which means that at some level, we might need to like reconsider what the whole thing was about. Uh, and that's good, and that's okay, and that will build our faith along the way. Uh, last uh, tip as we launch into this new series is uh, we're going to talk about this on Sunday mornings, obviously, but do not let Sunday mornings be the whole of what you are doing to uh, discuss it. This is just big topics that we're talking about. And again, our idea of what we're trying to do is we want us to put our full, complete belief in Jesus. And I don't think that's possible by just like listening to me yammer on for a half an hour on, uh, on Sunday mornings. Uh, we need something bigger and deeper to really look into all of these different things and to be honest about it and have discussions about what that might look like. And so a couple of things that we encourage you to do on the back of your program, uh, we have some different uh, materials that we think would be helpful for you to think through these things and look through and kind of research a little bit deeper. Uh, I encourage you to read some or all of them. Check out the videos. I think those could be really, really helpful. And then uh, we have uh, groups. We call them community groups. And many of our community groups, I think all of our community groups, are taking at least one of those resources and are going to be discussing them. And these are just great chances. Again, to open honest. us, this isn't like, let me just like, force like figure out what we believe. But for us to, yeah, let me read and let me ask questions. Here's what I like. Here's what I disagree with. Hey, did you know about this other resource out there that says this? And like it's when we discuss, it's when we figure out. And I think one of the most important parts about a community group, it's when we take it from just being like head knowledge to like how is this going to affect your actual life? And so as you're re-examining this belief in your head, As you're deciding that you want to really believe in this certain thing, let's not just make it like a head knowledge thing, but how can this actually affect your life? Uh, Because here's our hope. Uh, This is John's hope when he wrote uh, the book of John, and this is my hope as we launch into this series, is that I believe that these things are written, and and I believe What John wrote in the book of John. But I think that every word and every page of this book, maybe at some point it needs to be kind of rethought and reexamined through a different lens so that we can better understand what the original writers, what God was always intending for it to be. But I really believe that all of this was written so that you can believe. So that hopefully all of us can make a decision if we haven't already in our life, or make an increased decision to fully put our weight and trust in Jesus, that Jesus actually was who he said he was, that he was the son of God, that he was the Messiah, which is just a fancy word that means king. And that by believing that Jesus is the Messiah and following in his way and actually doing the things that he taught and actually living this out, that those beliefs, those changing beliefs in our hearts, that we can come to fully believe, and that as we fully believe, we can find life, which is the whole point, anyways. So, with that, let me pray. Uh, Jesus, I pray that. We can just be open and honest and humble. Help me to be open and honest and humble. Because I said, I love you. And I really believe that you have this like open-hearted invitation that you do. You want us to believe. You want us to follow after you. You want us to put the weight of everything in our life on you and on your words and completely trust in everything that you say. You want us to believe that the way in which you tell us to treat people, you want us to believe that the way in which you tell us to handle our money, you want us to believe that what you say is true about us, You want us to believe that our eternal security, you want us to believe in the hope of resurrection and the supernatural. And those are hard things to completely believe. And there's doubts and questions that come along. And to help us to be open and honest, help us as we discuss, reveal to us where our beliefs have been off the mark, where we have believed in lies or half-lies, where we have not totally accepted the full truth on any given subject. And as we believe, help those beliefs to change us. It's in your name we pray, amen. With all that, uh, let's sing this song together as a prayer uh, it's going to launch us into these next couple of weeks and months.